it's about time for warblers pass through and we are always hoping to see something new thank you for tuning in to hannah and eric go birding a podcast by birders for birders he's eric and i'm hannah and we created this podcast to share adventures sometimes misadventures and opinions that we have on birding topics we are definitely not experts and anything that we discussed might be controversial we want you to remember it's our own opinion it might be different from yours so it has still stayed busy where we're at, and uh, the weather has not been like, you know, April showers bring May flowers it's, <laughs> at all. It's, it's more been uh, April sunshine brings more May sunshine. May fires. <laughs> yeah, it's, the the weather's been spectacular. It's, I mean, I guess we have had a couple days of rain, but for the most part, it's been really, really good weather out here on the... Oregon coast. Which has been great to go out and see birds, and of course we've mentioned puffins a couple times, so oh, yeah. it's been a fun, you know, season to go out and watch the, the birds in our area. Yeah. So, uh, kicking off with our announcements, uh, the first is that we want to announce our winner for the Bird Nerd Giveaway. Woo! Bird Nerd Giveaway! <laughs> so, thank you for everyone, to everyone that, um, that sent us in your a bird that you wanted to see that Tiffany has seen and a safety tip. We really appreciate that, that we had some really good safety tips in yeah. there. Yeah. Lots of, them. I'm glad we decided to just randomize the safety, whoever was going to win. Cause there, there was quite a few good safety tips in there and I'm, I feel like we should probably post a list of them somewhere. Maybe, <laughs> maybe we can like start a thread yeah, and maybe. have people join in. Yeah. But yeah, others. yeah, we had we had quite a few in there that were that were all really good. So it was it was definitely a good call to just just whoever whoever put it in gets their name tossed in a hat, and it was randomized that way. So that was that was nice. So our randomized winner was Shoshana. Yes, who, Shoshana, congratulations. <laughs> uh, who wants to see a Blackburnian warbler? And their safety tip is to not go to the same place at the same time every single day. And, you know, that's that's a great tip, and that's not something that I necessarily think about. You know, a lot of people kind of have their routes that they go on, mm -hmm. but, you know, that that also puts you up to potentially, um, you know, being in harm's way. Like, if, then somebody can see where you're going every single day. It's like following you, and you're leaving them a, a breadcrumb trail. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. But congratulations, Shoshana. You'll, um, we'll be contacting you to get you the... Um, your address. Your, so we your address. You the, we can get you the, the She's Birdie personal alarm. Yeah, so thank you all who registered. We have um, another giveaway set up for June that I'm really excited about, and we'll announce it in our next episode. Yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be exciting. And thank you all for checking out Tiffany's blog. Um, you know, she's almost halfway through her year, and she has seen just an incredible number of birds. I think when I looked the other day, it was somewhere in the 600s. That's, that's a lot of birds all in one. I mean, you get most of your birds at the beginning of the year for yeah, a big year. Obviously. You, you, you like, you pound them out real quick, but that's, that's a, that's a lot of birds and we're in May. So yeah. And trying to see those, you know, additional hundred birds that, because most people end in what, like the seven hundreds. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So I'm not that familiar with big years, so <laughs> I know but, it's a big number every time. But trying to get those next hundred birds is going to be the, the defining thing. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure she'll have fun doing it though. Oh yeah, definitely. So, um, birding festivals have kind of gone the way of the worn out titmouse. They petered out. <laughs> Peter, Peter. 
I was pretty proud of that one. <laughs> it was a good dad joke. <laughs> um, but it's it's going to be that time where f- festivals are winding down um, because, you know, that's just how it happens. The summer is like busy breeding time and people are out doing breeding bird surveys and, you know, their summer travel. So, uh, you know, I think the next one is what, like the next big one is like Tucson. Yeah, Tucson in... Uh... In August, yeah. So we've got a, a couple months before any big. There's, I'm sure there's lots of local sure. local festivals going to be going on. Um, most of them virtual. There's still uh, still pretty much virtual all all across the board. There's some of them are kicking up though. The um, we just just got back from Indiana Dunes mm-hmm. um, for that one. So we'll be we'll be talking about that soon. Um, but yeah, they they had an in person festival with a lot of virtual options. Um, Rio Grande Valley is going to be. Um, in person, um, I'm sure they'll have virtual options. I'm sure there's going to be tons of virtual options. Yeah, that. it's still working itself out, but that's all the way in November. So hopefully we'll know more the closer we get to that. Yep. Um, and then birds are breeding. Yes, they are. <laughs> <laughs> um, you might've noticed it when you're out or maybe you've seen nests or babies, but it is that time of the year when we get to see little, little fluff balls, little fluff balls and little, little baby robins and baby house sparrows and baby starlings. And that also means that, you know, these birds that are coming out of the nest haven't, you know, experienced all the things that the adults have experienced. So you might see, like, nestlings falling out of the nest or, you know, birds running around that can't fly. Um, And if you do have an injured bird or, you know, an abandoned nestling, make sure to have your local rehabber on speed dial. Yeah, so um, we we had a whole long discussion uh, two years ago about yeah all all with uh, one of the the rehabber in our area. So um, if you want a refresher on on that, go back and listen to. I think it's called Bird Rehabilitation with Josh. Yeah, Bird Rehabilitation with Josh. That was uh, season two. So <laughs> something like that. <laughs> yeah, something like that. So so go go back and listen to that. Um, Josh is fantastic about uh, what you need to do, what you shouldn't do, and um, all the different things. That you need to know about uh, baby bird season. So we did have some people listen to our last episode. A couple. And uh, most of our listeners came from Columbus, Ohio and Ohio. I, We're very okay. popular in Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you all for listening. Um, th- you know, thanks everybody for listening. We appreciate it. This is, you know, a labor of love and it's always fun uh, to watch, you know, that people actually listen to it and enjoy listening. Yeah, and then one last bit of um, upfront stuff. Um, Hannah, as we all know, has her Hannah, her women birders happy hour that you should all be listening to. I feel like we don't talk, we don't uh, cross promote that one as much as we should. But she interviews women birders from around the world, talks about um, issues that they've seen, talks about just things that they like about the birding community, talks about things they like about birds, all all sorts of stuff about birds from women. So, and then she also crafts a cocktail every episode. So you should, you should listen and, and drink in well, thank with her. You. Um, my last one was with Martha Matiso in Kenya. And I'm just so jealous of all the cool birds that she gets <laughs> to see in Kenya. And I'm, you know, one of the things that I really like about it is that it makes me figure out, it like makes me think about all the places that I want to go that I didn't realize I wanted to go. <laughs> Nairobi wasn't high on my list, but it definitely is now. Yeah. All right, well, let's move into the main story for this episode. We've got uh, more Texas stuff. We uh, 
Well, Texas could be a whole episode. It could be a whole podcast. We could do. It's all we could burning do. In Texas. Yeah, burning in Texas as a as a full podcast all by itself. <laughs> but we don't have time for that. We only have a time time for a couple episodes. So, upon leaving the Houston metro area, we follow our heroes down to the Rio Grande Valley. Our heroes, eh? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> the bird heroes. The bird heroes. <laughs> um. So one of the things about going to the valley is that we lived there for a year and a half, and so we have we have a lot of friends there. And part of going down there is getting to see a lot of our friends. Both uh, bird friends and people friends. <laughs> sure, yeah. <laughs> uh, so that's that's kind of the bulk of what we, we focused our first day on is, you know, getting out and saying hi to everybody and, like, what's new with you? People we haven't seen in over a year because we, we didn't go down for the Rio Grande Festival last year because of COVID. And then we didn't go down last spring either because of COVID. So it's it's been since... November of 2019. Yeah. Since we've seen any of them. And you know, that's the fun thing about birds is that it brings us all together. Like there's so many people I wouldn't have met except for birds. Mm -hmm. We wouldn't have lived in the Rio Grande Valley or even thought about it as like a place except for birds. birds. Yeah. That brought us down there. So just a little fun tidbit. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, in, in our journeys going around, uh, Meeting up with our friends and talk, talking with them a little bit, hanging out. Um, we went to Benson Rio Grande Valley State Park. Of course, my old stomping grounds. Where Hannah worked for uh, a couple years down there. And uh, we got to see some exciting birds, but also some <laughs> dis... I, I don't, I don't know like what, bummed. I don't I'm... know what word I'm trying to use. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get to the wall. That's, oh, that's, yeah. Okay, I don't, but, I don't know. But first to... off, like, we didn't get too far. It was like 3.30 when we got there, and yeah. it was hot. So we walked to the... It was like 95, I think. I don't know. <laughs> we walked around the visitor center for a little while and had, you know, hummingbirds, had uh, some grackles, kiskadees, and then walked up Great to... Great crested flycatcher. Oh, yeah, that's right. And then walked up to the visitor... Or the nature center, mm-hmm. which this is silly. So I used to, like, work in the <laughs> nature center. You know, that was kind of my job assignment was to work on that. And I haven't been there for, like five years in a professional capacity and they still have some of my like my displays up that I made <laughs> well and and also they have there's um one of your tasks was to make that bird list it's a sighting board the, the sighting board and it's dry erase marker super easy to just wipe it off and erase it and just start over but three quarters or maybe nine tenths of the <laughs> handwriting that's on it is still your handwriting I know it makes me feel like it actually left a mark there you know? <laughs> I mean they haven't even bothered erasing it <laughs> Please don't erase it. <laughs> um, but at the visitor center, you know, just great birds. Like there were lots of plain chachalacas. We saw a roadrunner mm-hmm. hop through. Um, not too many green jays, but kiskadees, you know, cardinals, titmouse, all those normal kind of things that that you'd yeah. see when Bron- you go there. Bronzed cowbirds. Bronzed cowbirds. They were doing all sorts of some weird, I, I, we missed getting it on video, but the weird mating display where he like puffs up and goes, and just like dances around the female and the female just kind of stands there just disinterested (laughs) well and a lot of these parks they feed during parts of the time of year so you can see the birds up a little bit closer um and you know they keep them around but then they stop feeding them uh i think it's like usually april or so is when they stop feeding Mm -hmm. them and that's because of the cowbirds coming in because there you know have been researched that the cowbird populations can lower the green jay populations. So we hmm. missed it. Or we, we got there like right after they stopped feeding. Yeah. I mean, there was, there was still birds there. The, the birds. Oh yeah, totally. The birds are just everywhere. They it's, can find their own food oh, too. Yeah. 
Yeah, they're they're not feeding them for the birds. They're feeding they're feeding the birds for the people. Yeah. <laughs> um, but one of the interesting, so we we did run into a section of wall uh, that had been built border wall. I mean, we didn't like run into it. It was big, so it's pretty easy to see. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> but anyways, um, so at Benson, when you get into the park, if you've ever been there, you cross over a levee. To get in. There's like a canal that a lot of people think is the Rio Grande and then a levee. <laughs> and the levee's for flood protection from the Rio Grande River. Which um, is about a mile away. Yeah. So the, the Rio Grande River is uh, season, seasonally floods. And it's not necessarily every year that it seasonally floods. But it seasonally floods. And to protect the um, all the farms and residences and everything of the people who live in the valley, there's a levee that goes basically the entire way through the whole valley. Mm-hmm. Starting... Starting up in like, like Rio Grande City, almost I think. Oh wow! I don't know. It's it's a, it's a long ways up there, and it's just this huge long levee that goes along, and it's just for flood flood protection. Which it has uh, brush growing up all the way up on both sides of it. It's just the top of it that's cleared. So it's, well, and it has this um, like this uh, big panel that comes up. Oh yeah, the, when there's to get flooding. through it. Yeah, yeah, and I'm. Like, obviously, I never want to see it flood because that's a pretty major event. But I'm always curious about what that looks like. How quickly it moves up. Yeah. And, like, what forces it to move up? Does somebody have a button? Or is it, like, with floodwaters, it, like, floats up? I have no idea how that thing works. Well, anyways, we'll we'll look into it. Um, (laughs) But just out... Just... Uh, what is that like? East of Benson, like, a couple hundred feet from the main road to get in there, they've built... Like a quarter mile stretch of uh, border wall. Yeah, so they built it at the edge of the levee wall. So it's not it's not really on top of the levee wall. It's like kind of next, like in front of it. Like in front of it. And in order to do that, they had to destroy a lot of levee wall. It's in, and they also plowed a um, hundred feet mm-hmm. of vegetation. Just destroyed it all the way through there. So um, so they, that was just kind of horrific to see that. That was pretty insane. But um, the it's changed. It's already within le- less than a year, less than two years since it's been constructed and all that's been there. It's changed the bird life in the park. In, and uh, Roy, the interpreter there, he was telling us that something he's noticed big is that now they have wild turkeys in the park. And we saw one a of lot. them. And we saw one of them. And it, and it, can, it comes up as a, an e-bird as rare bird because it's fairly new to have this bird suddenly now at the park but is being funneled towards the park by the by the um the wall so it's already with in this short amount of time changing the changing the bird life in the park and who knows what other what other stuff it's changed so regardless of how you feel about you know immigration and that whole issue in the u.s and you know parts of central and south america um it's Building a border wall like that does seriously impact wildlife and the ecosystems that's down there. And the ecosystem is just really fragile and just a very small portion of what it once was. Mm-hmm. And there's species that we're not seeing in the valley anymore because of the changes that have been made, like jaguarundis. Well, I mean, they weren't like seen <laughs> in high quantities or anything like that, but. There just aren't any reportings anymore in the Rio Grande Valley. And then things like ocelots, too. Um, they've, you know, changed the habitat a lot. And it's caused a decline in that species. Yeah, so that was that was a little disappointing to see. Or a little depressing, not disappointing. Because well, I, 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 knew, I knew it was there. but It's just sad to see in, like, a place that we love so much, you know, yeah. change like that. 
And it's and, just giant construction zone. Yeah. It, it's not inside the park. It's outside of the park on uh, some sort of land. I'm not. I'm not sure who owns that land. Yeah. But they know. built it on. But but it's it's outside of the state park, and they built up to the edge of the state park. So then we yeah. went <laughs> after that. So we you know birded a little bit there. It was really hot. Um, so we decided to go off and get dinner and we went to our very favorite place that we haven't been in a long time called Costa Mesa, which is in like downtown McAllen. There's two locations. There are two. There's the original little tiny shack that uh, has like an outbuilding to it. So we like going to the new location. We We go to the new location. I think the old location is probably better, but... We just didn't want to have to wait, and it's still, we're still COVID and stuff, and the yeah. newer locations is significantly larger, so it's, we kind of figured it would be easier to get in and stay distant from people. And it's like, it's what, like on 10th Street in McAllen? Yeah, it's on 10th, yeah. Yeah, and so we go there because they have really good chips, and they have these good salsa, like sauces that go along with the chips, so we can't figure out what they all like are. Like a bacon aioli, maybe? I don't know. Like it's a spicy so bacon good. aioli? It's like pink. And it's just so good. <laughs> and then I can't, there's like a regular salsa and then like a green there's a, one. There's a green one that's super spicy. It's it's like pureed jalapenos, basically. <laughs> it's delicious. And what you gotta get when you go there is the botana platter. Which, it's like an appetizer sampler, essentially. Yeah, well it's like, but it's, it's like a whole it's plate of fajitas with like stuff on top of it. So like you have the base layer of fajitas mm-hmm. and then like a couple quesadillas and like um, some flautas. And I don't. There's it's it's all sorts of stuff. I mean, you, it's a smorgasbord. It's a yeah. It's a it's a smorgasbord. It's it's a whole pile of food and like the small botana platter for two. Is, there's a big one. Yeah, there's a big one. There's oh, one. There's one, yeah, the one we always gets the one for two, and then they have one for four, which oh, I man. imagine is double the size. Like this, <laughs> it would probably be like as big as this table it's just here. Two this, small this, botana platters. <laughs> <laughs> be like gigantic. So much food, and the the botana platter for two is already so much food. I think it's supposed to be two to four. And then the big one is like four to six oh or something gosh. like that. We didn't People. finish it, by the way. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, it's, I mean, we, we got close, but it's it's so much food. It's so good, though. It's delicious. Yeah. And it's always really good service there, too. Like, very friendly people mm-hmm. um, in the Valley. Everybody was, you know, really respectful about mask wearing. And, yeah. and, you know, there wasn't any questions asked, nothing like that. Yeah, which was a pleasant surprise coming down from Houston. Yeah. Houston was not about the masks. It was... It was like a battle. It was it was a battle like me being allowed to wear my mask in. in I'm the, surprised in the we gas didn't stations. like get thrown out for wearing them. Yeah. So, anyways, Botana Platter, Costa Mesa, go get it. It's sticking delicious. Oh yeah. And then we went out to Brownsville uh, for the night, so mm-hmm. we stayed over in Brownsville. Nothing notable about that. I mean, we we, we were kind of going on on a budget for hotels, so we didn't stay in a. At the Alamo Inn or yeah, something. Yeah, we, we, cool. we didn't stay at any fancy birding hotel. It was just kind of, I don't know what it was. It was Super 8 or something. Super 8. I don't know. Whatever it was, it was it was a cheap hotel in Brownsville. Nothing nothing exciting about that. But we got up the next morning um, to head to Esteriano Grande because there had been an elegant trogon sighting. For and, like four months. For like four months. And and we also, and John and, and Javier, Javier and, 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 Huck, and lots of friends there. So... Two reasons to go there, mostly the Trogon. Sorry, John. Sorry. Sorry, Javier. Javier. <laughs> but so we, we head up to Estero. We get there fa- fairly close to opening, and we walk out to the to the deck, and John's just standing there. Yeah. It's like, oh, all right, well, not even going to have to go search for this guy. There's John. There's John. Let's, let's see what we're seeing out there. Lots, lots of exciting birds. All, all sorts of waders that have... Uh, 
that have arrived. We've got um, there was a handful of ducks still still hanging around, some teals and stuff. And then uh, Mary shows up, the director, um, the field trip coordinator for the Rio Grande Valley Festival. She shows up and and the reviewer for the county. And she's a reviewer for the county. And the reason she was there is somebody had reported a black rail the day before, and so she was there to make sure. <laughs> That there wasn't a black railing. <laughs> <laughs> so she, she, she went out to go listen and listen and listen while, while we headed off to go find an elegant trogon. The so, other direction. <laughs> so Stero's a really cool place. When you walk into the entrance and like down to the, the store, there's this beautiful deck that overlooks a big pond. Mm-hmm. And you can just stay there all day at this pond and watch as things come in. Yeah, you, you, could, you could do a big sit there and get pretty close to 100 species yeah. just sitting on the deck. And then there's trails that go out from there that go around other ponds and like out to the the more natural ponds um, that have like alligators and, and, you know, different species that don't come up close to the deck. And I I believe that they were partially funded by Ducks Unlimited. That's my understanding that they, that's, that was the design, the design was put together and, and constructed by Ducks Unlimited. Yeah. So you get a lot of ducks and waders and things like that. So good quality habitat for that. And then there's also the tropical zone. <clears throat> which used to be a RV park or mm-hmm. like a mobile home park. Yeah. And it's kind of weird going there because I always think it looks like an abandoned, like a apocalyptic. Yeah. It's like mobile the home park. mobile home park was there and then like zombies. And now it's just, everything's grown up. The buildings are all gone, yeah. but the concrete pads are still there. And I think the posts for the meters are still there. Which made me think like and the first like, time I went there, I thought you'd be camp. <laughs> Yeah. Like, I thought it was a campground. I think I told people that it was a campground <laughs> because of that. Uh-oh. Oh, wow. So, if, if Hannah ever told you that it was a campground there... I'm sorry. Um, I was misinformed. Yeah, it's not. I was drawing conclusions. <laughs> um, so, anyways, so the tropical zone is something that we sometimes overlook because the trails are so good and the ponds are so good that it's like, well, why would I walk around this, like you know, forested area, but... And, and, but usually that's where the warblers are. You, yeah. you, you'll get warblers, you'll get a lot of the, the passerine migrants will hang out in the tropical zone, and then the rest of all the migrants kind of hang out in the rest of the park. You can, get, you can get things like the red stars and stuff like that in the, in the rest of the park, but I feel like pretty much any time a rare bird shows up, it shows up in the tropical zone. Yeah, and, and that's where the elegant trogon has been yeah. being seen. And and we almost never bird the tropical zone. I don't I <laughs> don't know why. Because every time we chase a rare bird through there, we always miss it. We, we always chase it the wrong way. <laughs> we chase it away. And they have a really great blind at the end of it mm-hmm. that I feel like I've never actually been in before. Uh, but fantastic little blind. It has a water feature and feeding area in there. And then just... After the blind, there's a butterfly park, like a butterfly um, garden Mm -hmm. that's fantastic as well that I've just, I don't think I've ever walked through that before, except for, you know, when we were there the other time. And there is a set of bathrooms out there, so, um, but they're kind of obscured and hidden, so. And with flush toilets and everything. So if you're, if you're back at that blind, the the bathroom's. Not far away. Not far away. You you can, you don't have to go all the way back to the front of the park. There's a bathroom in the tropical zone. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah. So we we sat in the blind for a bit, um, had a ton of rose-breasted grosbeaks, males, females, and juveniles. Probably. I don't know. There was some things that looked weird. So it, it was super exciting. Tons and tons of rose-breasted grosbeaks just coming down to the water feature that's in the blind. And then... Uh, and somebody a couple days before it had a bobcat just sitting there for hours. Yeah. Just just sitting where you can see it from the blind and take 100,000 photos of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and also we had like white-tipped doves. 
mm-hmm. can come in and uh, some cardinals, of course. Yeah, all, all, all like the regular stuff that you see while you're down in the valley is yeah. there. So I, I think our list ended at like, oh man, I don't like remember how many 40s. species. Yeah, somewhere in the 40s from just sitting I just like there the and then doves. walking in. You know, they just come, they like do, do, do in and then they go, hoo, hoo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so they, they sound like you're blowing on a Coke can. And it's it's Coke really bottle. I Coke don't know bottle. the Coke can would yeah, have the same effect. Yeah, I don't know if a can would make the same noise. Um, but blowing on a Coke bottle, um, the hoo and it's hilarious, especially during breeding season, to watch them because the males they get a little bit more um, aggressive about it. Yeah, and they and they fluff, fluff themselves up. Their neck is fluffed up, and they they their neck has iridescence like a lot of doves. There's like iridescence to the neck, bird. beautiful. Um, and they'll fluff themselves up and kind of rattle their feathers back and forth and then go and chase after the female and none of it's flying it's all on the ground they're all just running around i'm not even sure they can fly i don't i've never seen them fly um but it's it's really funny because then the female's just like running away and then the the male's just right after her it's it's pretty it's pretty fun to do a claymation of that since you had such good uh motions for it (laughs) (laughs) i know everyone missed him because they're on the podcast this darn audio format (laughs) um so then after we checked that out we met up with john who was like bound and determined to get us that trogon oh yeah we so i've like we said we almost never spend any time in the tropical zone but this time we spent our entire (laughs) trip to Estero in the tropical zone. We didn't even go on the trails. Didn't even go on the trails. Didn't even go over to try to find the Paraki. Didn't even go to look at alligators. Just hung out in the tropical zone yeah. for four hours. About. <laughs> and we wandered all up and down every single trail. Like um, twice. At least twice with John. And we saw a lot of really cool stuff. We, we got two different owls. We got mm-hmm. Great Horned Owl and Eastern Screech Owl. Kind of roosting. And then we also had a giant flock of um, Mississippi kites streaming over. It was just like the whole... As, I don't remember what I put for the number, but it was it was probably a couple hundred. It's so cool to watch them do that. Like, if you've never had, like, a stream of birds like that, the valley is a great place to go see it. Benson has a hawk watch um, twice a year. I can't remember the dates. They'd have it on their Facebook page. Spring and fall. Well, yeah. <laughs> um, but it's so cool to watch them do this because they just come out of nowhere. And it's like, you're like, oh, okay, I got the eight that's in front of me. And then it's like, oh, wait, there's nine. There's ten. There's left, and they just keep on coming, and it's just like a whole line coming out of the the blue sky that you you don't see back there. It's so neat. Yeah, it's super cool. So so we got to got to see that whole whole stream of uh, Mississippi kites. So when when they're streaming, they'll they'll do two things: they'll kettle and then they'll stream. So when they're kettling, they're swirling up in this big circle, and it's just like this giant mess of birds, kind of all hanging out one spot, working their way upwards through the thermal. And then they'll stream, and that's, like, the best time to count them. Mm-hmm. So it's, like, whole streaming, just boom, 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 boom. And they're, and they're going from one one thermal to another or just moving to the next uh, next section. They're making progress on their yeah. on their migration. So it's a really good time to count them because they're all moving one direction rather than trying to count them while they're kettling and trying to keep track of, like, all these birds spiraling in a circle. I think broadwings are the, the most fun to watch do that mm-hmm. because there will be so many of them on one thermal, and it's like, how do they not collide? Oh, my gosh, I know. Like, I, I've never seen, like, I've watched it, you know, many times. How have I never seen two birds <laughs> collide when they're doing that? Because they're, like, it's like a messy tornado. Like, there's no rhyme or reason to, you know. And they're not all going the same direction. It's not like pelicans or something where they're all flying together, you know, in one swift motion. Well, I think pelicans, they uh, 
they are less coordinated and they're bigger and floppier. <laughs> so they have to fly coordinated in a, in like a school. And then the broad wings and all these other hawks, they're much more agile so they can they can fly however they want to fly. Yeah. Like ants, just like spiraling all around each other and not even, not even, with zero regard to <laughs> how the other one is traveling counterclockwise, clockwise, just back and forth, it doesn't matter. It's it's interesting. So anyways, we we dipped on the uh, elegant trogon. No elegant trogon for us. Which is a bummer. <laughs> I feel like we tried it in Arizona. We tried it there. I guess we're just not we're not destined to see it in the U.S. <laughs> we'll just have to go down to Mexico and see it down there. Oh well. Dang. <laughs> um, so from there, if you're at Estero, the best place to go for lunch is Nana's Taqueria, which is only like three two miles. Three miles. I think it's two miles. I was gonna say a couple blocks. Okay. Well, anyways. It's just right up the street. It's basically, you leave the park and you go north to the first stoplight and take yeah. a left. Yeah, and it's yeah, it's between there and the highway, and it is like the place that everybody goes. It's delicious, you know, mm-hmm. great service. Tons of outdoor seating. Yes, lots of outdoor seating. It, indoor seating that's opened up enough that it's almost like it's outdoor seating. It's oh. the weather. The weather's usually pretty good there, so you can do a lot of outdoor seating a lot of the time. And there's a lot of options, but one of the things to get there is what is it? A loncha? A lonches? Lonches? Yeah. Yes. So it's like a um, kind of like a Philly. Kinda. So it's like a. It's basically like a bread to make a taco. So it's a big poofy. Uh, like a hot dog bun. Like, like a, a hot real, dog bun. Almost, like yeah. a good homemade, handmade hot dog. Yeah. Hot, hot dog B- bun. Big and poofy, and the meat is just delicious, and they're. And and the sauces and everything is just super good at Nana's Taqueria. And it's locally, lo- small family-owned business, so And if awesome. you're not super into the, the sandwiches, lunches, uh, the tacos are fantastic, too. Mm-hmm. So we got, we each got one thing and then split it. Oh, yeah. That's, that's how you, that's how you have to do it. Because <laughs> you, you have to, you have to take full advantage of everything. So you got to diversify what you're ordering. And one of the things that I don't know that we mentioned ever but it's something different about texas is that when you go to a restaurant and you like order a drink or whatever like a soda they always ask you when you're leaving if you want a drink to go yeah and that, do, do you want do you want another soda do you want some more tea do you want something to go yeah which is just something that you know i haven't experienced like anywhere else except in texas maybe in florida too, I think in like florida in the south us, yeah yeah so that is always a nice perk <laughs> it's like yes i would like this iced tea to go <laughs> Oh, the other thing, I don't know. I'm sure we've talked about this lots of times, but getting a check when you're oh, yeah. when you're leaving, you. So in, in Oregon, like when you know the waiter just brings you a check naturally, they like can sense that you're. They're, like they're, they're done. watching the 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 pace of the meal, and when you look like you guys have finished, if you say I don't want any more to drink or I don't want any more to eat, that's a, that's the signal that they'll come and bring you the bring you the bill. Yeah, and then you pay, and you don't really have to ask. They like no. Yeah. But in, in Texas, at most of the places, especially in the Rio Grande Valley, you have to ask. You'll sit there, you'll sit there for three hours. Yeah. And they're not, they're, and they're, the waiter's probably getting super mad that, why won't they just leave? I need the table. But, that, but they're not bringing you the check because you haven't asked for the check. Which is something we always forget when we're there. Yeah. And it, I, it usually takes a couple days for us to get used to like, oh yeah, I have to, can we get the check? And I feel super rude about asking. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's just a different cultural thing. So from there, we went to South Padre Island uh, because we had planned. One of the reasons we came down was to do the Great Texas Birding Classic, Big Sit. Day three. Yeah. <laughs> so we went down to uh, South Padre Island to the uh, the Nature Center mm-hmm. and 
met up with Javi, who is um, the naturalist there, mm-hmm. and one of our good friends. Um, so we just wanted to double check with him that we were good to go for the next day and also just see what's out there. Yeah. And, and also talk to Javi because he's, sure. he's an awesome guy. Yeah. Um, so we, we kind of, we wandered around, um, did a little bit of birding around, uh, through, through the, um, the, the, ma- the mangroves and everything yeah. out there. And there were so many warblers, which was like looking super hopeful because it was like, oh, good. And then the weather was looking good. That's going to be good the next day. So good for birds, like conti- continuing to have. Um, not necessarily good for us. Yeah, not necessarily. Continuing to have very stagnant air. So the birds aren't going to be very excited to get out of there. So we we're, were super excited. Tons and tons of warblers, but also so many Baltimore Orioles. Like at the end of the mangroves, like they go into the Laguna, mm-hmm. there were just dozens of Baltimore Orioles just like streaming past. More, more Baltimore Orioles within like five minutes than I've seen over my entire life. It was wild. It was it was probably like hundreds, like just tons of them just flying just over and over and over. Just so many Baltimore Orioles. And just walking through the mangroves there is just super neat because just dozens of different warblers like hopping around. Like you could stay in one section and just be entertained all day long. Yeah, yeah, and they're and they were they were moving through, so they were moving through super fast. But they were they were feeding and moving at the same mm-hmm. time, so that was that was exciting to watch. Like the American red starts and uh, magnolias and chestnut sided. Yeah. And it's just bay breasted, all sorts of warblers just moving their way through. Just these beautiful bright warblers. In breeding plumage, because they're going to their breeding grounds, mm-hmm. just plopping right along, doing their thing. So it was fun getting to see all that and, you know, chat with Javier, um, or Javi, sorry, mm-hmm. <laughs> he's Javi, there's a different Javier. Um, and then we decided to go to the, the conference center, which is right next door, mm-hmm. and see what was hopping around there. And everybody was going on and on and on about... A cerulean. A cerulean that was being seen. And it was kind of funny because, like, they have a bathroom <laughs> there at the conference center. And it's a really nice bathroom. And right outside of it, there's a, a stream, like a little artificial stream that you get gross beaks and thrushes at. And that's a really good spot yeah. because it's covered. And so it's really secure for the birds. And I was, like, I went to the bathroom and I was staying outside just waiting for Eric to come back. And he, like, wasn't coming back. I, was taking, I, was ta- I wasn't taking my time. I had gone in and then... I, as soon as I stepped out, everyone was like, oh, there it is right there on the branch. And I was like, I have no idea what they're looking for, but I'm going to step over and stand behind these people and start looking and see if I can see what they're looking for. But I was around the corner and there was like two people where I was at and I was like, oh, okay, it's just not that busy that day. And then like, I was like, where there's, did Eric go? There's so, probably like 20 or 30 people over so on the I, side. Well, so I walked to the men's side and to, of the bathroom and it's like 30 people just standing there. I was like, whoa, where did all these people come from? <laughs> because that's not typically like the area where we see birds. So I didn't even think that that would be, you know. Yeah, but the whole the whole place could be really good for birds. That whole area around the conference center. So you don't there's you don't need to pay for parking, and you don't need to uh, pay for entry or anything there. You just have to kind of fight around the conference center parking. So the the conference ground. Yeah, it's a it's a convention center. Okay, so so the convention center it has has all sorts of parking, but it's a convention center. It's free parking, free entry to the grounds. Yeah, because you're not actually going in anywhere. It's just the grounds outside of it. So, um, but you're at the whims of if there's a convention, which I think there was a cheerleading convention of some sort That's going what on they said. while we were there. Um, it, it kind of um, chokes up the parking. So either get there super early or take the risk and... And that's one of the really cool yeah. things about the convention center, though, is that they have totally embraced the birder part of it. 
Yeah. And so, you know, they have those outdoor bathrooms and they have, you know, the grounds are maintained for birds. And I think they have feeders set up at certain times of the year, or maybe they just allow people to, to they, put they up They might feeders. just allow people to put up feeders. Um, and they have this huge mural, uh, which I probably talked about it before. There's an artist, Wyland, mm-hmm. who is famous for painting a hundred bird walls. Or, I'm sorry, not whale walls. <laughs> whale walls. It's called just whaling walls. A hundred whale walls. And they're spread out throughout the whole world. And there's one there at the mm-hmm. convention center, which actually has been um, updated. I, I don't know if they changed it at all, uh, but there's a little signature that says, you know, like so and so updated this artwork. Oh, really? I didn't see that. Yeah, because he, he painted it in like 1994, and it's not going to last in that kind of yeah, it's, climate. Oh, yeah, with hurricanes and stuff blowing through there. Yeah. So um, we birded that area, uh, saw our friend Peggy, which was yeah. just fun to you know stumble upon that she was there, and then we got a text about a blue bunting that had been sighted at this nature trail that wasn't far that we'd never been we'd to. We'd never been to it before, so we we headed there. It's called the Laguna Vista Nature Trail, and it's like a city-funded trail. It's, it's in like a, a neighborhood. Yeah, it's like a city park in a neighborhood, and it's like a not. It's not like the city parks. Like, that you think of, like, in your normal towns. It's just picnic tables and grass flat all over the place. No, this is a nature trail. This is this is an actual nature trail. So it's a caliche, caliche path and just brush, like and, scrub brush all around. And three blinds. And three blinds. And so we, we wandered into it, and it had a foot of water yeah. on the trails. <laughs> so it's like, well, we're not going that way. So there was a way we, we ended up getting around, around it to where the blind that the, that the blue bunting had been seen at. So we, we get there and another, a birder from Oregon was guiding a, a group of people down there. Yeah. Um, Alex was down, down there guiding some people and he took them over to go see if they could find the blue bunting. So we, we, we hung out with them for a little bit, uh, tried to, tried to see what we could, but no. No blue bunting. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just so funny about the valley. I mean, we just we just run into so many people there. It's just such a like a you know great place for birds, and that attracts so many birders. And it's just and there's like, Alex wasn't even like surprised to see us. No, he was like, oh hey guys. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, what what are you doing here? <laughs> we were the only ones surprised. Yeah. So. So we, we we actually we saw him at the at the um the the, the birding center, center too at the um the South Padre Island birding nature center and alligator, alligator sanctuary. sanctuary. Um, so we we saw we saw him there too for a second. He was like, "Oh hey, well, I got to talk to you guys later." And it was like, "You you okay? All right, we we didn't even know you were down here." Um, but so we saw him there, and then we saw him later at Laguna Vista Nature Trail. Um, and then the funny thing that I thought so there was. Saw him in two different places. We saw Javi at at the the birding center, which that's where he works. I mean, it's that's an expected place to see him. But when we were driving home after or driving home, dri- driving back to our home base um, after going to the Laguna Vista Nature Trail, I we turned around because we wanted to go drive down another road. We were trying to go down old old, or, old Port Isabel Road, yeah. and then it was like flooded down there, so we had to like go down the highway to turn around because there's a barricade. Yeah, and when we turned around, there was Javi again. Because yeah. <laughs> he was he was doing a, uh, his regional big day, and so he was looking for the Aplomado Falcon. Yeah. And so we, we just happened to turn around. At, like right behind him. Right behind him, where he was there. And I like I was like, should I stop and say hi? And he was like, no, 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 let's just keep going. And then the next day, <laughs> we saw Javi again <laughs> at another place. At one of our local, or one of one of our favorite stops for breakfast, um, a Laredo Taco Company. 
Which there's dozens there's of them. Tons of them. It's it's not one specific spot. It's basically all the gas stations. All, all the stripes. All the stripes gas stations have, have a Laredo Taco Company. And they're Adam. totally worth it. Go to Stripes and Laredo oh my gosh, Taco Company. They're so company. good. They're so good. But we saw Javi there. <laughs> we, we we go there in the morning and and he was he he was going out to go guide some people going go to do something, but he just happened to swing in to get some tacos and we were in there getting tacos, and it's like oh hey Javi and he's like hey guys it's so, like there are dozens of we we, we could have we could have slept we could have slept in ten more minutes and missed him completely we could have gone to any number of other other stripes in between our hotel and the island. And so, but we stopped at that one and he stopped at that one. So I was like, what the heck are the chances that we're going to see the same, same person everywhere we go? (laughs) Um, so yeah, so that's how day three started out the day of the great Texas birding classic, big sit. We stopped, got tacos, uh, as you have to do and then headed fuel for the day. And we had to wait until the birding center opened. Yeah. Um, so we We probably didn't have to, but we didn't want to push our luck with them letting us hang out on the deck all day long. On a Saturday. <laughs> on a Saturday. And so I think they opened, like, what, 8 o'clock? Mm-hmm. And we ended up, uh, we got there a little early, so we decided to stop by Sheep's Head, which is a uh, valley land fund site, yeah. I believe. So it's a preserve that's in the middle of this neighborhood on Sheep's Head Road. Yeah. And Two it's, lots. It's fantastic birding. They're all natural. Um, so we stopped there, and one of our team members for the birding co-op uh, for the big sit, she mm-hmm. was sitting there. Yeah, she was already, she was already there birding. She had just gotten off work, so she was like, "Oh, I'm gonna I'm birding a little bit. I'll bird with you guys a little bit in the morning, but I can't hang out for the whole day." So we birded with her a little bit at Sheep's Head before we got started, and then we were like, "All right, well, we got to get over to the the nature center." The nature center. As we were walking to our car, Karina shows up. Yeah. <laughs> our our uh, fourth teammate for the Great Texas Birding Classic. So like all of us all end up at the exact same spot first thing in the morning. That's wild. Yeah. So uh, we got over to the nature center. They were just opening it up. So we were like the first ones in the door. Um, set up our circle on the deck. Uh, so they did change the Great Texas Birding Classic a little bit. Uh, normally it's a 15-foot circle, I believe. Uh, yeah, I think it's... No, I think it's 20 feet. Okay. Well, now it's... Now for this year, it was 50 feet. Five zero. That's a lot is, of feet. It's a lot of feet. And Javi, the day before, had... He had done a big sit there a couple also. a couple days before or something. So he gave us kind of the dimensions that. So we didn't have to do the Google Map thing to figure out exactly where our edge edge was because yeah. he had already done he had already done the work for us figuring out where 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 a circle was on the deck. He was like, if you sit in this chair right here, then you can get some of the tower in. You can see some of you know the the boardwalk. Mm-hmm. So that was a really good spot to set up. And it was a Saturday, so very busy with just locals and, you know, visitors coming in, which was great because we had a chance to speak to a lot of people about birds. Yeah, so that, that was awesome. Tons and tons of people. They were doing alligator programs. They were doing all sorts of stuff all day long. So that, that was exciting to kind of be in the in the middle of all of that. And then at the same time, birding and having people ask us all sorts of questions about what we're seeing and, and how we're doing and what the heck is a big sit. <laughs> And, and all the different things that people want to ask about when you, when there's a group of people standing with a bunch of optics on the on a deck all day long. And we had a really good start, you know, with black-bellied whistling ducks, blue teals, those all just hanging out, like, at the, the ponds and then flying over. Mm-hmm. Um, modeled ducks, there was a wood duck that, or a redhead that wasn't too far yeah, out. Yeah, per, it, not it wood was, duck, sorry. Yeah, not wood duck. No, redhead that was out there in the, in the pond, but there's only one redhead, which... It's interesting because the Rio Grande Valley, um, not far from there, is uh, um, 
like one of the huge wintering spots. One of the huge wintering spots for redheads, and it's it's in, in the National Wildlife Refuge, like just up the road. Not mm-hmm. even like you could probably see it if um, if you stood on the tower. No, that's not it. Laguna something or other. Laguna Atascosa. Yes, thank you. The Laguna Atascosa National Wildlife Refuge. If you stayed on the tower, you could probably see edges of it. But there's a whole giant lake in there that just gets full with redheads and I think canvas back and just all sorts of just ducks like crazy during the winter. But um, there was only one <laughs> at the birding center. So I we were there until I think we gave up finally at 7 o'clock in the evening. Mm-hmm. Um, but we had just a ton of great sightings oh too. Gosh. There was one magnificent frigibird that flew over. We had a common um, nighthawk. Yeah. Like right right at the one, end there. Though. Yeah, just one common nighthawk right at the end. So it was, that, that was, I think that was our last edition for the day. <laughs> or maybe the golden, golden winged warbler was the last one for the day. Maybe. But it was like, it was right at the end of the day. It's like, oh, we need to, but the, the really, we picked, I don't know if we could have picked a better day to yeah. do our big sit on because we got so many species and it was the weather, like it might not have been like ideal but it was like ideal in terms of birding because it would, it was night. It started off nice and clear, and then clouds blew in, and then it pour, dumped rain on us, and then it cleared off again. And in those clear, and it did that like four times throughout the day, where it just like the sky opened up and just dumped on us. And luckily, on the deck there was a kind of co- covered area that we could find refuge Hi, for Thunder. a little bit. But as as we we're wait, waiting for it to. It would clear off, and all of a sudden, while it's clear, tons of the activity would just spike. We get tons of birds, and almost every single time, as soon as it clears off, we would add a couple more birds to the list. It would be like, oh, there's a couple, a couple more things would show up, and then, and then the rain would come, and then it would clear off, and a couple more species would show up, and so it was like all day long with this cycle of just like, rain, clear birds, rain, clear birds. So it was it was super exciting, and we had warblers, warblers out the wazoo. Yeah. Yeah, and there was a a, bird, a hummingbird feeder, like, right outside of where we were at. And so it was just, you know, fun to sit there and talk about hummingbirds all day if the birds weren't coming out. And it was great to have the tower in there because we were able to, to go up to the top of the tower. And we'd have to, like, stand near the door because that was the edge of our, yeah, our the, range. Yeah, the edge of the circle only was basically just outside of the door to the tower. So um, we got a lot of things just going up to the top of the tower. I was pretty proud of myself for picking out a couple of Wilson's plovers up there. Karina had a peregrine on one of the buildings that was nearby. I kept going up there because <clears throat> the day before, I had seen so many American red starns all throughout the trail. And I was like, that's a bird. The male American red starn, if you haven't, haven't seen a picture of these guys, they are like just stark black and then bright orange. And it's bright orange on the wings and then bright orange on the tail. And it, when it flies, it flushes out its tail and just fans it out. And so you have these bright orange flashes. And so I was like, of any warbler, I'm going to be able to pick that guy out mm-hmm. from a distance. And so I kept going up to the tower and like scanning it carefully. Like, I'm going to find... And it, it took me until, I don't know, it was like 5.30 or so <laughs> before I finally found one American Red Start. And then when I found one, there was like four in a group that were hanging out, males and females. But they were like like a hundred yards away, but it was just like, I could, I could see the flashes of just as they, as they flush from tree to tree as they're feeding through there. So I call them the Halloween birds because <laughs> they kind of look like a jack-o'-lantern, like a reverse jack-o'-lantern. Yeah. Cause it is just all black with bright orange. Just um, we ended up with about 12 species of warbler. The best one was probably the golden wing warbler. And, and, I, and we had yellow breasted chat. So yeah, 
Not a warbler, but used, formerly warbler. <laughs> and then we had some notable misses. So there's a garden that is just was just outside the circle, and like we were on the deck, so you couldn't see the the ground of the garden. Oh, we were so close to seeing it too. Like we we tried everything we could. I like I put Hannah on my shoulders, and I stood on top of the chair, and <laughs> we did everything we could think of to try to see over the rail down to the ground because there was an oven bird. There was. All, all day, day long. All day in Evanbird. And we could step outside of the circle and we could go over and we could see it just clear as day, like right there. It's right there. But as soon as you get back to the circle, you could not see where the Evanbird was. So we, could, we couldn't see it from the circle. We knew we it's there. To, we tried to listen for it calling all day. Uh, you know, nothing. Just... It's just silent. And <sighs> it's just, ah, it's so close. So we should have gotten the Evanbird. We should have gotten it. We did not. So Evanbird was not on the list. <laughs> Even though it's it was... Literally right there, so close to the circle, we just could not see it. So frustrating. <laughs> so, but that's the that's the fun thing about doing a big sit or doing any of these specific competitions is that you put a limitation on it. You can't do such and such, or you can only do such and such. Yet you have to be human powered. You have mm-hmm. to. You only have from sunrise to noon. You can only be within this fifty foot circle, and everything you see from within it is what you get. So that's. I feel like that's the. The, mo- the fun the fun part of this is that it's you can almost if, if you cheated you can get all sorts of stuff that's you, what I was gonna you, say you, you want it you want you can oh I saw blah, 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 blah. yeah you, you can just make it up but it's just so much more fun so much more of a challenge to stay exactly within the confines of the particular category well and then that's what I was gonna say is the honesty of birders so we get a lot of people because you know we like to compete in all these things we get a lot of people that ask us like well you know how do you know that so-and-so is not going to lie. And it's like, what? there's no advantage to lying. Like, if you win this competition, you win a plaque, you know? Like, sure, I want the plaque, but I'm not going to lie to get there because, like, I have integrity. <laughs> well, and there's, it's, it's not worth it. But it's it's just more more than competing against other teams. It's competing against, especially if you do it multiple years, competing mm-hmm. against yourself from the previous year. Yeah, like so if you the hold, human-powered. Yeah, like the human-powered. So you hold yourself strict to the requirements of the competition and then just stay with the same rules every every single time and you compete against yourself you compete against other people that are following those exact rules and you, you have fun yeah so it, all in all it was really good day we ended up with 99 species in the big sit 99 species but another bird in one <laughs> and it was really fun to hang out with uh, karina we hadn't seen her in a couple of years mm-hmm. and uh you know we always keep touch on social media but it's fun to actually see somebody in real life that yeah. you you know you're friends with um, so thank you, Karina, for sticking it out all day with all us day. <laughs> on Thir- the deck. 13 hours, or 11, 12 hours? I don't know. A 11. lot of hours, 11 hours. 11 hours on the deck, not moving anywhere. My back was killing me by the end of the day, <laughs> just from all the standing on those, on the deck. So that was, but it was good. It was awesome. It was a great day. Yeah. And yeah, that's just so cool that you can go to one spot in one site and see almost a hundred birds. Almost a hundred birds. And we didn't move from within a 50 foot circle we yeah. did see a hundred birds there yeah because we saw the oven bird birds. but that that oven bird doesn't count we, <laughs> we got 99 birds from within our circle right there so that was that's spectacular yeah so we parted ways there karina headed off to harlingen and we went back to shower since it's been a long day <laughs> and then we ended up going to dinner at a really interesting place near a hotel called lo, lo treja lo troje troje lo troje sorry bar and grill it was it was really good. They had live music. Um, the it was I guess it was live music. He was playing a keyboard and singing. Yeah. So it was really good. 
Um, they had a, we got a botana platter there and that one came with baked potatoes. Yeah. We weren't entirely sure how to eat it. So, so we, just, we just like started shoveling food into our face. We just kind of like put the meat and everything <laughs> on the baked potato. I, I'm guessing that's how it works. I don't know. It was, it was good. It was, good. The, it was uh, steak fajitas and just, oh yeah. Oh, it's just super delicious. Yeah. And it's like on the highway, so it's not hard to get to. Yeah. So, um, you know, it was a fun trip down the valley. Mm -hmm. It's always a fun trip going there. I wouldn't go any later than we went, though, because it... It starts getting hot. It starts getting hot. The birds, you know, migrate through. And then a lot of the the breeders down there are going to the forest and you don't see them. Like the Chachalacas, man, like... They disappear. June, you can't like pay for a chachalaca. <laughs> yeah, they all all the birds they start doing their own thing and they're protecting themselves from people and other mm-hmm. predators and they just all of a sudden everything falls silent come June, July, August. Yeah. So the April, May is a great time to be there, and then also again in the fall from like October, November, December, great times to be down in the Rio Grande Valley. Yeah. So that is. Our last competition of the Great Texas Birding Classic <laughs> of of twenty twenty one. Yep. So that will be there it. next year. We'll be there next year. It'll be. A, we'll have a blast. Hopefully, we'll maybe we'll beat. Maybe we'll do the big set again and beat ninety nine species. That'd be great. I'm also I hoping. I don't. I'm not very hopeful. I feel like we <laughs> pick, we picked the perfect day somehow, and I don't think we're going to be able to get ninety nine again. I'm really hoping to do another human powered next year. Like yeah. so, do two human powered. That'd be nice to do one down down there on the island. Yeah. On, so. If you, want, if you want to join us for a fun bike ride, maybe not a fun bike ride, a long bike ride. A long bike ride. <laughs> <laughs> join our team. Yeah. So, uh, thank you guys all for listening to our podcast. We hope you enjoyed it and or learned something new. Please, please, please rate, review, and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Music, Alexa Hat. Um, Alexa Cat. Alexa Cat. Uh, wherever, wherever you listen to us, you can review us there and uh, we'll we'll see it somewhere. Um, if you'd like to connect with us on the socials, you can follow us at Hannah Goes Birding and Eric Goes Birding on Instagram, even though I'm not very active and I should be on Instagram. I'm kind of being lazy. Yep. Um, at We Go Birding on Twitter. Uh, follow our Facebook page, um, at Hannah and Eric Go Birding. Our TikTok, yeah. I believe, is at Hannah and Eric Go Birding. Or at We Go Birding. I think it's Hannah and Eric Go Birding. Hannah and Eric Go Birding. Yeah. Um, I was trying to be more consistent. <laughs> Or you can also follow our website, um, www.gobirdingpodcast.com. Tell us what you like, tell us what you hated, and share us with your friends. (laughs)